0: Good afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the song. God's name is very powerful. And uh, in his word, he said that if you know my name, you can put your trust in it. A lot of people, they don't have anything to put their trust in, or they think that they can trust the Lord. But when something hits them, They don't know how to activate the trust. And you know why? Very simple thing. If you don't know the name of the person, if you don't know who's behind that name, you don't have confidence. If you tell me that Denis Todorashko invited you to the youth service at 7.30, I trust it's true and I'll come at 7.30. Not 6.30, not 8.30. I know the name. He's a punctual person. I trust that person. If you know the name of the Lord, and He reveals His name. Gradually, as we grow spiritually, He reveals His name. Uh, We can trust Him more and more. Today, He reveals Himself as a healer. Tomorrow, He is a Savior. Then the day after tomorrow, He might be a God who is a judge. And I know that name. And if I know, I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. So today we will be studying the Scripture and getting to know the Lord from one of the perspectives, from one of the sides. One of His name is Holy. He is a Holy God. I like this uh, topic of practical sanctification. When I received an invitation to preach, this is a privilege. Not everyone gets invited. Uh, I looked at the topic practical sanctification and i thought to myself well there's smart people out there they don't want something theoretical to be holy and don't, don't. we want to understand and we want to be practical right and so that's what i'm going to talk about today but friends we cannot bypass god's word okay Uh, We cannot have a a trick or something that we memorize like a formula and it's going to work. Because God's process of sanctification involves relationships. Relationships. And relationships take time to build. I remember one person in our village in Ukraine. I was uh, younger then. And I remember this guy. He was walking down the street as many Ukrainians uh, people they they just walk, they don't even ride bicycles. they walk back and forth and and he was walking from his work or from whatever he was uh, heading and um, he was uh, holding a new Testament like small Gideon uh bible but it was new testament i remember that it was in russian and he was just like pacing down the street and mumbling something obviously memorizing the scripture or reading something sometimes it was funny he would almost bump into someone Uh, but he was uh, he had a nickname holy all right we knew that family with my parents we knew that family and unfortunately his wife was um really suffering with kids because this holy person he didn't take care of his kids he didn't spend time with family actually he didn't want to really work he changed jobs all the time Uh, we had to help this family occasionally to feed them and and that's not just in the past we actually have good examples right now in this country people young people who don't want to work they want to be holy (laughs) and and Maybe that's not the image, maybe that's not the goal that uh, I really want to become like, you know, that, like that holy person, right? I hope you are also not picturing in your mind someone like that. So the question is, what's the ultimate goal of sanctification? We're talking about becoming holy. And I want to read from the scriptures, obviously, and then we will talk about four points and the first passage that I would like to start with is in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 16. We're talking about being holy. And it says therefore prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. God says, I am holy. This is a key passage for me because it explains so well the process of sanctification it points to behavior it points to something that has to be changed similarly to how kids they grow up and parents expect them to behave all right sometimes at least occasionally behave and and when we grow up spiritually there is a standard god has standards that's the first thought i want to think about and talk about right now god has a standard for holiness he says be holy Because I am holy, okay? Uh, You cannot really build relationships with God unless you agree to this. You have to change. I have to change. And so when we say practical sanctification, there has to be practical change in your conduct, in your behavior, in your lifestyle. I'm not sure if you're ready for that. Sometimes I think I'm not ready because that's painful. That means that if I if I need to change, if you ask me a question, Alex, what would you like to change in your life today? Well, I'll be thinking about some positive things, right? Maybe I want to have a bigger salary, you know. Maybe I want to have a nice trip. Maybe I want I want something, right? But sanctification, by definition, means. To be set apart, to be separated from something. And you know, we stick to so many things in this world. We stick our, our habits and everything. We just grow our roots in the world, in the place where, where we live. And it's hard to root out some stuff in our life and, and change. Maybe change the location, spiritually speaking. So God says, you need to be holy as I am holy. What is that going to look like? You want to be practical, right? Um, Are you going to be more loving? Uh, Are you going to be more kind? More like Jesus? Whatever that means. What is that standard? I want to give you a very simple definition or explanation. That's what I think the Bible Tells us to be holy means to think the way God thinks. To be holy means to think after God's thoughts. In this passage that we just read, it says, Prepare your minds for action. That's what we started with. Apostle Peter says, You want to be holy? You want to change? Prepare your minds for action. That's actually where it starts. It starts with a change in my thinking, in my mindset. I cannot really change my behavior if I have a habit of, I don't know, something nasty. I don't want to be gross, but maybe spitting on the floor or something like that. If I have that habit and I think it's fine, then if you're not here, I'll be spitting on the floor. Okay? But if I... If I understand that it's just gross, I will start changing or working on the change in my behavior. And so the scripture is really practical. It says, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. We probably don't want to admit this, or maybe that sounds rude, but uh, often we are not sober. We're drunk in our thinking. Uh, Seriously, the Bible says that uh, Apostle James writes that we are like that wave that is with the wind it just rises up and then the first doubt the first change in the in the circumstances and we lose our faith and, and our and we are not steady we're not firm in our faith so the scripture says set your mind on it set this as a goal prepare for a change it's going to take some time it's going to take some effort but if you want to be holy, like I am holy, you, start, you have to start thinking like God thinks. So, God's standard, ultimately, for His children to think like the Heavenly Father. I want my children to think like I am thinking, okay? Maybe not in every single aspect of, of my life, because I'm a human, I'm a person, I'm not perfect, But I do want my children to learn good stuff. I teach them to use right words, okay, change in the speech. I teach them to be polite. After all, a couple days ago, actually yesterday, I sat with my daughter. She's in the fifth grade. And I taught her how to set up an email, how to set up signature, what kind of uh, letters, caps to use, when, what is rude, and what is not. I teach practical things because I want her to succeed in life. I want her to be polite in her writing and, and, and so on. So our Heavenly Father, He cares about how I speak, how I think, how I smile or don't smile, how I react to this type of movie or to this joke. He cares about that. And when He says, Prepare your minds for action. It's not just prepare and be on alert and just like, you know, be watchful or, or hide yourself from evil stuff. He says, for action, you will have to overcome certain things. You will have to get that victory. And for that, you need my grace. We'll get to that uh, in the second point. But sanctification is impossible on your own. You need a priest who sanctifies you. And so he says, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Say, praise God. Praise God for Jesus. Because that's our difference Uh, as Christians. We are different. In what way? We rely not on our own uh, good deeds, not even on our own effort. We really trust that the Lord with His Holy Spirit, He will touch our hearts and then we will respond to that. That grace is coming and we respond to that in obedience. That's what the next verse says. As obedient children, as obedient. There are all kinds of children. I had to talk with one of the child today, not my own. And and um, I had to repent after that because that child was pretty rebellious, and uh, he was not listening to his parents. He had to be. He had to learn less in the lesson hard way. You know, the Bible says that we need to save some people with fear. And it says here, you have to be obedient. Children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves." So, <clears throat> is it possible for us to know how God thinks? If you ask me a question, do you know God's thoughts? Do you know what He's thinking right now about? Because sometimes the Bible says that God says, this is, did it even cross my mind? You know, some things do not come as thoughts to God. He's thinking about something. For once, I was just sitting and thinking, what God is thinking about? He knows everything. What is his, I mean, is he excited about anything? I'm pretty sure he is. We just don't know. We're just like really at our level, narrow-minded comparing to him. But the first very practical thing is that if you want to know what God thinks about anything concerning your clothes whatever skirt or pants you wear whatever movie you're gonna watch whatever you know choice you're going to make if you know God's opinion on that okay not just as a second opinion because you have your own but if you know uh, want to know the truth about what you're gonna do in your life you have to start with the Scripture. There is no higher, better revelation. There is nothing more practical. Even a child, you know, as soon as you teach them how to read the Bible, they can learn how to think. And the God is really practical. Last time when I was here in the in the youth, we were talking about Jesus being life, the way. Uh, and, and He is very practical. He says, I'm going to write my laws and my commandments in your thoughts all right so that's where the change starts there what's where is the process of sanctification starts what would Jesus do remember that phrase that question WWJD I think the more correct way would be what would Jesus think Uh, uh, because we we tend to jump to what would I do I mean you could do you could try some stuff for a while you will be successful but if there's no change in your thinking sooner or later you're gonna go back and uh god did not just told us be holy as i am holy he said fix your hope on jesus on the grace that is coming through jesus like i said for the sanctification process uh, there has to be certain uh, system, certain structure, and, and there has to, be, there have to be certain components. You cannot just uh, say, "Oh, uh, right now I'm going to make a decision to sanctify my life and, and, and change my behavior." It's not going to work like that. You need to understand that in the same way, you cannot make a decision to become born again. You cannot do that on your own. That's the previous youth service. If you didn't watch, you can watch that sermon. In the same way, for the sanctification, you need the high priest. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that the high priest would come in the Holy of Holies with the sacrifice, with the blood, not his own, but with the blood of the animals. And he would pray, first of all, he would pray for his own sins and forgiveness. And then he, will, he would do that, you know, intercession or prayer for the rest of the people. And um, when the Bible says that in the New Testament we need to be holy, the standard is so high. And in, in, in another place it says, be perfect, as your father in heaven so that holiness that perfection perfectness has to be ideal we cannot do it on ourselves if it would say something like be better i can do that i can try but when it says be perfect equal as your father in heaven i have a huge question how is that possible and the bible is pretty uh, straightforward about the answer it says you need a priest You need a sacrifice, you need a priest, you need a new covenant. In the old covenant, there was an agreement that if you do a sin, you need to bring a sacrifice, and it's not going to destroy the sin, but it's going to cover it. In the New Testament, when we want to start a new life, when we want to be set apart to sanctify ourselves for God, be perfect like He is. The only way, the only new way in Hebrews chapter 9, it says this is the new way, Jesus Christ Himself, is when we come and say, Jesus, I need your prayers. I need your blood. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, 10, that He made us perfect with His offering. He is the high priest who is not doing uh, uh, these sacrifices on daily basis, he has done it forever, once and forever. In um, Hebrews chapter ten, verse fourteen, these are key verses. You can open up and read them. Hebrews ten fourteen, he says, by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Uh, we are speaking about practical sanctification. This is really practical. Okay, this is where you can start. And this is where you come back every day. Because sanctification is not just a one uh, moment. It's not just one day. Uh, this is a process. This is a lifetime. And so that's where we start. Now, the, another question may be, okay, so if he made us perfect through his sacrifice, why don't I see that in my life? Like, honestly, I don't see that I'm perfect. You ask me the question, was I perfect in the morning? I mean, seriously, I woke up and probably next minute or the minute after that, I sinned in my thoughts. Because I didn't think about my Creator. Because I didn't start with worshiping Him. I started thinking about something else. I don't remember what was that. But I'm not perfect. And what Scripture says, it's really important to understand because it gives me hope and it gives me um, it gives me uh, uh, some motivation, some drive. I, I can uh, fix my hope on this. The scripture says also in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 9, that accordingly gifts and sacrifices in the Old Testament, they could not make the worshiper perfect in conscience. Say with me, conscience. So this is very important. When Jesus died for my sins his sacrifice his blood cleansed my conscience that's where i'm perfect already okay i don't need like even right now if if something comes up in my life i don't need a a very wise person i don't need an experience i can turn to the scripture or even in my mind i can turn to god and listen to His voice, because He's speaking in my thoughts, and He's working in my conscience. My conscience is cleansed, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and that's where I'm perfect. I know perfectly well. You know perfectly well what is good and what is bad. You can say to people that, I'm not sure if it's sin or not sin, but if you're honest before God and before yourself, you know perfectly. If that's stealing or not stealing, if that's drinking or not drinking, you, you know it. You may de- de- excuse sin, you may excuse yourself, but you know it. And that's good. The only thing that we need to do, the Scripture says, as obedient children. Okay, A lot of children know what's good and what's bad, but only obedient children They do the will of their parents. And if we want to be sanctified, we need to learn being obedient. So first point, God's standard to be perfect, not just better. To be holy, to be like Him. Second is that we have help. Not just help, it's just the only way. That's the only method of sanctification. That's Jesus. Jesus is is the one who, through His perfect sacrifice, made us perfect. And then we become more and more like Him in our behavior, okay? In our behavior, uh, we have a room to grow. We we always have a, a, something where we need to be changed. And there's not, not, not even one person on this earth, uh, um, Apostle Paul writes, that he says, I don't, underst- I don't remember anything that's what's on my conscience or uh, any sins that I need to confess. But only God knows what's inside of me. Very often we don't even know that it's a sin. And then later on as we grow, God reveals that to us. Uh, the third part or the third point about practical sanctification is uh, the source, the source of my motivation. How do I actually, um, where do I actually get that desire to become like God? Why do I have to? God is thinking his thoughts. I'm thinking my thoughts, right? I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. Um, I'm just being realistic, you know. Often we, we kind of think that, you know, I want to live my own life. And even right now, when we talk about practical sanctification, in the back of your mind, you might be thinking, okay, I have my goal. I want to achieve this, and of course I want to become better, (laughs) okay? And I want to become better, but that's not what God wants. He actually wants you to not just think what He thinks, but also desire things that He desires, okay? He says in the Scripture that He was looking for a man like that, and He found a man, David, who was ready to fulfill the desires of God. He didn't know all of them and all at once. But when he spent time with God, I believe he was asking things like, God, what do you like? What would you like to happen in my life? I I don't know what was his uh, own goal or imagination when he was young, when he was 15, 16, 18, 20. I'm pretty sure he was not aiming at the king's throne. That was God's plan. But David, he spent time with his creator, with his designer, and God revealed to him. And that became became his motivation to fulfill God's will. If you would only know how many good things God prepared for your life. Good stuff, not fake. Good stuff, good family, good future We know that things are not going to get better in this world. I know that I have to encourage you and say, it's just going to go away and COVID-19 is fake and all that. Uh, Sorry, things are going to get worse. Okay? But for His children, God says it's His promise that He prepared life and life with abundance. Okay? A lot of things that seemed like very cool stuff, just a couple months ago right now became like nothing okay you cannot use it okay you cannot go to six flags you cannot do some stuff you just it's just not happening okay so my motivation is to get to know god my designer my creator and to understand his will for my life because he wants good for me, and he wants me to uh, be blessed in my life. The center of my sanctification is jesus christ it 's very important to remember, even though sometimes we uh, um, we forget this and uh, sometimes we even tend uh, to think more about ourselves, Lord, I want to know you because I want to know. Uh, what good you prepared for me? I just I just made this statement that he wants good for us. This is not the ultimate goal. Uh, the ultimate goal is to know Jesus. Is to know Jesus. He is my savior. He is my creator. He loves me so much. That's what I want to do in my life to become like him. And um, a last point I want to talk about the fruits of sanctification, or to be more accurate, the results in this process of. Becoming more like God. It's not just um, for the popularity or for, uh, for some spiritual medals. You know, like you look at the Buddhist monks or uh, some holy people. And, and they get that glory. They get that, you know, fame here on this earth. Uh, the fruits of my sanctification, the change in my life has to be different and the scripture says clearly that now having been freed from sin and becoming slaves of god you derive or receive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome eternal life do you want to live eternally you have to be Sanctified. You have to become holy, like your heavenly Father. But to be more practical, in in, like down-to-earth practical things, I want to uh, touch on four different things. Um, The sanctification has to be evident in your relationships with other people, and for young people, it's very important to be pure, to be holy in the relationships with the opposite sex. This is very important. This is a very important truth that this world is trying to destroy, to uh, just steal from people. And so when we read um, 1 Thessalonians today, we were reading chapter 5, but in the previous chapter, chapter 4, verse 3, it says that God's will, your sanctification. And then he explains that is. You abstain from sexual immorality. Here's your practical side. Okay? God wants you to abstain. He wants you to stay away from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to possess his own vessel, which is your heart, in sanctification. Very practical. Not in lustful passion like the Gentiles or the rest of the people who do not know God. And so for me and for you, it's very, very important to remember that God cares how I treat another person. If God cares what I say or what, I, what kind of hopes I give to the person that I'm friends with. If it's the opposite sex, do I, um, do I treat that person with honor? Do I actually mean what I say? Or do I have like double, triple meaning? In my words, jokes, and and so on. I understand that for young people, it's very important. It's crucial to learn how to build relationships. For me, it's also important. But I have a a circle of relatives, friends, my family, where I can sort of run back to that place. And I have have a friend. I have my wife. I have kids that I care about. I have parents. And I also have friends. But... I already have some relationships that are already uh, sort of established, and and I, I don't really care about some people, what they think about me, and so on. For young people, it's that area where you have to learn how to be holy, how to be different, set apart. If the rest of the people can do it, maybe I can't. If the rest of the world says it's cool and it's great and it's legit maybe i should stay away from it another area of my life where i have to be really careful is my attitude to material things the root of all evil is love of money not money of itself but the love of money And we have to be holy. We have to be different. There are questions that I leave for your discussion. And there's one really tricky question about that. Um, Not not to trick you. But to make you think more about that on a practical level. How you can be holy in the material world. Another thing that um, really uh, needs to be... It, not my priority, but I have to really think about it, the feeling of acceptance, the desire to be accepted. We all want to be accepted. Nobody wants to be rejected, okay? No one wants to, wants to stay in isolation. We want to have fellowship. We want to um, hang out with our friends. Uh, we want to be uh, recognized. We want to be... Uh, we, it's good to hear words like good job and, and, and so on. And so often we look for that acceptance, for that uh, peace, for that uh, joy that comes through recognition. We look at the wrong places. And I'm thinking of the entertainment. Uh, Do I know where's that line where I have to be holy? Where do I actually escape to entertain myself? And it's not necessarily sinful movies or websites, That's obviously, you know, your conscience and the Holy Spirit is working with you. But I'm talking about things that are allowed. Apostle Paul says, I can do anything, but not everything is good for me, not beneficial for me. So where is that um, thing uh, that I'm running to? Where is my escape? Especially right now, statistics shows that a lot of people who were in rehab centers, who were fighting with addictions... Right now, they don't really have that support and they run to those things where they feel comfort, you know, whether that's drinking or drugs or things like that. It might not be that in your life, but maybe that's the screen time. Maybe that's something else that is simply an idol. So you have to be holy. You have to separate yourself for the Lord. And the fourth uh, part I want to uh, draw your attention to the achievement, or, or um, I don't want to say popularity, We're not necessarily that we want to be popular, but in American culture, especially, young people are encouraged to achieve things, achieve goals, and that's great. Okay, as a principal, that's what I teach my teachers and, and students to reach out, you know, to, to actually accomplish things, and we reward the students and so on. But um, do I really? do that with the right attitude okay three things that are not the love of the father that's the lust of the eyes lust of the flesh and the worldly pride and so this worldly pride be careful maybe you need to do some sanctification work in that area And revisit your goals in life. Why do you want to go for uh, that degree? Or why do you look for that particular job? Is that because of money? Maybe you will say, no, I don't care about money. But if you dig deeper, maybe you have to put that on the altar before God as a sacrifice. And and make sure that you are holy. What uh, I want to conclude with before the prayer is that god really wants us to be uh, blessed through the process of sanctification i personally feel not just joy and accomplishment when i um, when i look back at my life and i see some victories god's grace not my own But I also um, have that boldness. You probably understand what I'm talking about. The holy person is a bold, courageous, strong person. It's not just, you know, holy uh, person, weak and skinny and and, and who knows what. That's a person who actually is like the Father in heaven, who is bold in his actions, who doesn't have fear, who trusts in the Lord, who knows the Lord. He is like Jesus. He thinks the way God thinks. And so I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you if you could uh, stand up and pray that God will help you with his grace through Jesus Christ to change your life for his glory. Let's pray.